Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on The Church Order, preached July the 17th, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. In the British House of Commons, there is a man, the Speaker of the House. It is his responsibility to maintain order in the house. So he says, order, order, order in the house. Everybody becomes silent. There is order also in the house of God. So we want to speak about the church order. The church order seems to be for many a strange title for a Sunday sermon. Why church should not have any order, they say. The state has law and order, not the church. Church should be a place where people can go to relax and be entertained by a hired hand. Church should be like a movie theater, a place of escape. Well, truth is, Jesus Christ is given all authority in heaven and on earth. His Father has seated him At his right hand, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. And he placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. God exalted him to the highest place. Gave him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee of every man, every woman, the head of China and the head of the United States and all others should bow and every tongue confess. And must confess that Jesus Christ alone is Lord of all to the glory of God the Father. The people of certain underground churches in China are now imprisoned and punished for not agreeing that the highest authority in China is not Jesus Christ but the state. The underground Christians believe that Jesus Christ alone is the highest authority in heaven and on earth. And so, also the scripture teaches. If Jesus Christ is the ruler of the universe, then this universe is a moral universe. Then there must be law and order. In his realm. 
Jesus Christ is the head of all his three institutions. Family, church and nations. The Lord Jesus Christ rules also through his delegated authorities. Our shorter catechism asks the question. Question number 11. What are the works of God's providence? And the answer is the works of God's providence are his most holy, wise and powerful preserving and governing of all his creatures and all their actions including their thoughts so first his rule in the family father is the authority accountable to Jesus Christ in the family If there is no father in the family, generally children grow up to be criminals. 1.5 million children are born in this country without a father in the home. And most criminals come from this group. A family should have a father and a mother. In a Christian family, the Lord rules... Through the Father, in accordance with the Word of God. Ephesians 5.22 through chapter 6 and verse 4. You don't want to conform to that law? You will be dealt with by God's law. The Father obeys the Lord, children obeys parents and so on. The blessing of the Lord rests upon a Christian family. As each person loves the Lord and keeps his holy laws. I am saying there is order in a Christian family. Number two, what about the nations, the state? The state receives its authority... From the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 1 through 7. John 19, verse 11. Jesus Christ says you wouldn't have any authority unless it is given you from heaven. Authority, all authority flows from God to the family, to the church, and to the state. And they are all accountable to him. The state is to govern based on God's law revealed in the scriptures and written in every human heart of all people of the whole world. Especially we are referring to the Ten Commandments, not suggestions. It's commandments of the eternal God. And you violate that and you pay for it. The power of the rod is given to parents and the power of the sword is given to the state 
to punish the wicked. The state exists to promote righteousness and punish wickedness. The law raises up a nation and in due time destroys it, brings it down when it becomes arrogant. Study history of Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. And number seven, God's own country, Israel. God wiped it out. A state cannot function without law and order. Now disorder and disintegration are taking place, especially in the so-called Christian nations of Europe and of the United States of America. These nations reject God's law, the Bible. They will be brought down in due time. Number three, there is order also in God's house, the church. Jesus Christ is especially the Lord and head of the church. That's why when two or three gather together, Christ himself is present in the church. To observe and watch, to bless and to curse. And he kills people. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick and many die. He will do it and he is doing it and he will do it again. Have a little reverence. Get rid of arrogance and pride and wickedness. The constitution of the church is the Bible. Christ gives authority to pastors to shepherd and govern the church. Pastors are Christ's gifts to the church for her blessing and edification. Paul counseled the elders of Ephesus, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you episcopus, overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. A strange expression. A pastor must first manage his own family. His children must respect and obey him. Unlike Eli's children. Pastor's children should not be wild and disobedient. But believe God. If the pastor does not manage, govern his own family. He will not be fit to govern. And care for the church of God. It is speaking about the local church. It is called here church of God. This church is God's church. Christ presides in this church to bless us well as to punish. So Paul appointed elders to govern each local church he established. St. Paul exhorted the Thessalonians in this way. Now we ask you brothers to respect those who work hard among you who are 
over you notice not under you but over you that's the aspect of bishop in the lord and who who admonish rebuke correct who admonish you hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work and what is their work it is to feed the sheep with the word of god to protect the sheep to counsel the sheep and if necessary to kick him out of the church excommunicate put him out throw him to the devil from the presence of god highest possible punishment one can experience is to be thrown out from god's presence by the church those who entertain people and not preach the whole bible are not true shepherds those who preach a different gospel a different jesus and a different spirit are ministers of satan such pastors must be opposed and thrown out concerning true ministers paul says in 1st timothy 5 and verse 17 the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor especially those whose work is preaching and teaching St Peter says to the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder not pope a fellow elder be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care serving as overseers bishops not because you must but because you are willing as god wants you to be there is a passage along with acts 20 elder is the same as pastor is the same as bishop the hebrews writer also has the same to say 1317 obey your leaders and submit to their authority not argue not complain they keep watch over you as men who must give an account to god obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no advantage to you it is a litotes means that will give you trouble it will negatively affect you So God of the church commands believers to obey to submit to respect not suggestions sir order in the house It's not when you feel like you come as autonomous beings and if you feel like well you do what he says if it is in agreement with your own ideas of things no God appointed pastors who work hard for the spiritual welfare of the flock Jesus said his ministers are to teach the disciples to obey whatsoever I have commanded you these are not suggestions 
these are Christ's commands which you are to obey and I have to obey. See, this is not taught in the evangelical churches. The pastors, bishops, the elders are given, they are given the power of the keys of the kingdom of God. In the family, the father is given the rod. In the state, the state is given the sword to execute a criminal. That authority comes to the state from God. In the church, the power is given in terms of keys of the kingdom of God. So we read in Matthew 6 verse 19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 18 verse 18. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. John 20 verse 23. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So they are given the power to bind and loose, to prohibit and permit based on his response to the gospel. If he refuses to believe, he is bound. If he believes the gospel, he is loosed. If he refuses to believe, he is not forgiven. If he believes in the gospel, he is forgiven. If he refuses to believe the gospel, the gate of the kingdom is locked. If he believes the gospel, the gate is open and you are admitted into the kingdom of everlasting life. Keep that in mind. Church has power. The unbelievers' sins are forgiven so that they could see and enter the kingdom of God. The unbelievers The believers' sins are forgiven. The unbelievers are bound. They are excommunicated from God's church. They are cursed. By the keys, the ministers open or shut the gates of God's kingdom of everlasting life. Number four. So let us consider the normative life of order. In God's church. The church loves God because God loved the church first. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her in his death on the cross. Paying for all our sins. Everyone born of God lives by love. That's the order. He loves God with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his soul, and with all his strength. Which means all his money. Did you know that your money is his money? And he loves his brother as himself. In God's church, love rules. 
There is the order of love. Jesus said, remember, a new command I give you, love one another, as in the same manner and degree, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. 1 John 3, 16 and 17, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought, see the order of the law. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Friends, love, sacrificial, self-denying love is the mark. The clear mark of a true Christian. If one does not love sacrificially God's children in the church, he is not a Christian, he is not born of God, he has no understanding of the cross. So listen to 1 John 4, 7 and 5, 1. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. That means hate comes from the devil. And if you don't love, there is hatred. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 1 John 5 verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the father loves also his child. You cannot love God the father and not love his children. So in the church there should prevail love, joy and peace. The fruit of the spirit. Every believer must do his utmost to preserve the unity of the spirit by the bond of peace. Sin destroys love, joy, and peace. Selfishness destroys love, joy, and peace. Satan comes to destroy love, joy, and peace. Where there is self-denial, there is true sacrificial love. How can a Christian whose infinite sin has been forgiven by the atoning sacrifice of Christ, how can such a Christian refuse to forgive the finite sin of his brother or sister? If you do not forgive, then you are not a Christian. This truth is taught clearly by Jesus in Matthew 18. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord. He commands you to forgive. He commands you to be reconciled to your brother. He commands you to follow the way of peace. Jesus brought us peace by his death on the cross. Peace between God and man and peace between man and man, Jew and Gentile. Christ destroyed the enmity by his death on the cross. So we live in God's church in love, in joy and peace. 
And because we love the Lord, we keep his commandments. So let's look at a few scriptures that describe something about the life in the church. The life of order. Matthew 5. 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, don't worship. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. That's a command from the Lord Jesus Christ. You have come to the church to offer spiritual sacrifices, but you are coming without repenting. You forgot that you sinned against your brother, and Holy Spirit graciously reminds you of this matter. And now you remember. Remember Jesus himself says to the To the church of Ephesus, if yet I hold this against you, you have fallen from your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. There is power and authority in the church to wipe you out. But he comes first in grace and mercy. He, by his spirit, reminds you of your problem. We forget a lot of things. So as you come, don't worship. You are reminded you have a problem. There is disorder in your life. So leave your offering there. First, go. Go out seeking the brother. That you sinned against. Be reconciled to him. Repent, confess and ask his forgiveness. For the specific sin you committed against him. Ask forgiveness. Hug him. That there be peace. And your heart is now pure. It has confidence to come to God. And now you are ready for worship. Return to worship God. Your spiritual sacrifice will now be accepted and be blessed. The Lord bless you and keep you. Or Matthew 18, 15 through 17 and verse 32. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. We have no luxury not to forgive anyone in the church. If your brother sinned against you, the offended party also is under obligation to go and be reconciled to the offending party which is your brother. When the offending party confesses and asks forgiveness, you must forgive from the heart as God has forgiven you. God remembers not our sins anymore. He forgives fully. So notice, 
the offending party and the offended party are under obligation to straighten out matters and be in peace. They both must strive to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Each one is going to the other and meet ready to be reconciled. Holy Spirit grieves when sin exists in the church. Number three. Mark chapter 11 verse 25. When you stand praying in the temple. When you stand praying in the church. If you hold anything against anyone. I suggest you that you may consider forgiving him. Is that what it is? The head of the church says, forgive. It's a command. And if you don't, you are not a Christian. So that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. If you don't forgive, your prayer will not be heard. Your worship becomes a curse and a shame. If you don't forgive, God will deal with you severely. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 17. In the following directives, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 30. That is why many among you are weak and sick. A number of you have fallen asleep. The head of the church deals with us. You didn't want to forgive. Did you know that at that point cancer came in? And it does its work for five years. (laughs) Or 25 years. Diseases coming in. It was not there but it comes in. And so this is serious business. We'll look at Isaiah 58 verse 6 through 9. Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide for the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. See, he says in verse 4, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. No, that's not the worship I ordered. This is the worship I ordered. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 and verse 32 In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. And forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. What is he saying? He is saying take the matter. Deal with it quickly. It's an order. From the head of the church. Who has power to deal with you. To humble you. To kill you. Take care of the issue quickly. Reconcile. Ask forgiveness. Acknowledge. Confess. Receive forgiveness. Otherwise Satan will deal with you. God will not hear your prayers. And you will suffer psychologically, physically and spiritually. 
1 Samuel 15. Samuel says, I am grieved that I have made Saul king. Every pastor grieves when a sheep sins. But not only Samuel was grieved, he says, until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him, and the Lord was grieved that he made Saul king over Israel. Pastor grieves, the Lord grieves, the Holy Spirit grieves, and Saul lived a life of grief and misery. The Holy Spirit departed, and an evil spirit came to torment him. Son, daughter, friends, you cannot sin and be happy. It will not happen. And Saul committed suicide. And Colossians 2.13 and 3.13. 2.13 says, God forgave us all our sins. That's what justification is when you come. When you believe in Jesus Christ, God what forgives all your sins. And in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 13, forgive therefore, forgive whatever sins or grievances you may have against one another. Forgive. That's an order, sir. Satan says don't forgive. God says forgive. Satan came to destroy you. God comes to bless you. Whatever. Whatever. Including murder. God forgave the murder of his son. By his people. Whatever. And forgive us. The Lord forgave you. I said it is an order. From God. There is order in the house. Luke 17, 3 and 4. If your brother sins, rebuke him. That's your responsibility. Rebuke him. Admonish him. Confront him. It's your brother. If he repents, what? Forgive him. And if he sins seven times in a day and comes and says, forgive me, you are to what, sir? Forgive him. Judaism said you should forgive three times in your life. And the apostles were very generous. They said, what about seven times? And God said, no, there is no limit to forgiveness. Because we are still sinners, we may sin and we need forgiveness from God every day. But forgiveness cannot come to you without repentance. That's also God's order. And we are not required to get into the mind of the offender to see whether he truly repented. That's not your business. If he asks you forgiveness, what do you do, sir? Forgive for your own physical, psychological, and spiritual health. First Peter 3, 7 and Psalm 66, verse 18. If you come to God's presence without forsaking sin, you will not be blessed husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wife simply love your wife you don't like to do that 
your prayers will be what? Hindered. You will never go any place. Psalm 66 verse 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Your prayer will be hindered by Satan. God will refuse to answer the prayer. His eyes are purer than to behold sin. Sin should be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Then God will not see your sin. When you don't love your spouse, your prayers not answered. When you don't love your brother in Christ, your prayers not heard, you wither and die. And everybody will see it. The arrogance increases. The hardness of heart increases. Insensitivity increases. Second Corinthians 7.14 If my people call by my name, if they do four things, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then God promises to do three things. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and what? Heal their land. God's people, called by God's name, that is believers in Jesus Christ, they must live according to order, divine constitution. When they sin, God brings about various punishment like famine, plague, defeat, sickness. We became people of God by what? Confessing Jesus Christ is our Lord, our King. That's what we said. We agreed to worship him and serve him all the days of our lives. He is Lord and we are his obedient servants. When he, we sin, he chastises us. What then should we do? Thank God he says, repent and he will forgive us and heal us. Friends, we are to do all things how decently and according to God's order. God will not tolerate disorder of sin in his holy church. So, four conditions. What is it? Humble themselves. Contrition. Sorrow for sin. Dependence on God. Number two, pray. Call on God to help us. Nobody else can help us. Number three, seek his face. Seek with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked watcher forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. And he will freely pardon. What a great promise. So the three promises... I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. God shows mercy to us. If his conditions are met, God certainly fulfills his promises. For he works in you both to will and what, sir, to do his good pleasure. 1 John 3, 21 and 22, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, when there is sin, our hearts condemn us. Our heart says, you are a hypocrite. 
we have if our hearts do not condemn us because we have repented we have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask because what we obey his commands and do what pleases him when we sin we cannot pray when we repent we can pray and God will hear because we obey his commands do what pleases him there is order in the church sir there is order in the universe you don't like it the law will find you up and you die he will deal with you in this life and in the life to come what is the conclusion let us live by the love of god we love god because he first loved us and god has poured out abundantly his love into our hearts by the holy spirit whom he has given us and let us understand what love is if we love god we will obey his commandments immediately exactly and what sir delightfully what do we do when we have conflicts in our family troubles between husband and wife between husband and wife parents and children children and children we do not walk out but we become sober and work it out according to the constitution of the scripture we humble ourselves we enjoy then peace once again even so in god's church christians are not perfect sinlessly no god will glorify us one day and make us what sir sinless so i don't have to preach this sermon <laughs> there won't be any need for it but now we are capable of sinning and causing grief to you to your wife to your children to the church so in the church we do not walk away we work it out according to the bible we repent ask forgiveness of god and god's people and once again enjoy peace and answers to prayer friends there is order in the family there is law and order in the state and there is also order in god's church the order of love may god help us to love one another forgive one another and respond to god ordained leaders that we may live the life of god's kingdom which is righteousness and peace and what's a joy. joy in the holy ghost heavenly father we are sinners those saved but help us by the work of your holy spirit who reminds us who convicts us of our sin help us to be instant in repenting and setting things right according to your law by the power of your spirit that we may maintain and preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace this we pray in jesus name amen, amen.